Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Hey, this is Tracy, and welcome to episode four of Indispensable People. And today we're going to be talking about putting people in boxes. No, we're not wrapping them up. I know it's just a few months from Christmas. We're not going to put them inside an actual cardboard box, but we do tend to put people in boxes in our everyday life. And really that happens when we already come in with perceptions and beliefs and thoughts about who someone is before we actually even get to know them. A few months ago, I was working on putting together a staff orientation for the summer camp that I do. And we always try to include something that will help our volunteer staff to serve our individuals better, whether it be forms of communication or different ways to handle situations, um, things like that. Really just another support for them as they grow and learn and serve people with special needs. And so Uh, One of the things that I came across was this video called Don't Put People in Boxes. And as I did more research, it's been used by several different churches and things like that. And I thought, wow, okay, let's talk about this. What does that look like? What does it mean? And so in the video, what it did was it had um, people start off in this big clump. And um, they then started asking questions, um, and it spanned from all kinds of different things like uh, who were bullies in school, who were actually bullied. Um, It talked about um, different types of, you know, uh, poor families, and it talked about what you liked, what you didn't like. And so I thought, you know what, let's talk about this because the way that the video ended was really the powerful piece. Uh, Not only did people start to recognize that others around them were similar to them in some factions, but also that um, in the end, the question was, who was created in the image of Christ? And of course, that meant that the whole group was a part of that. And it was just such a moment of realization that went, okay, so we're alike in some ways, we're different in some ways, but we are all bound by the same creator. We are all thought of by the same creator. We are all given design from the same creator. And so therefore we have something in common that not anyone or any situation can take away from. So we're gonna dive into how does that look? How does that work? How does um, that impact the way that we think and the perceptions that we have? Well, first we have to talk about the perceptions that we have. Okay, so I'm going to say it. I'm in my 40s. 
actually I'm only 40, I'll be 41 in another month. And um, my perceptions are different from those of individuals who are older than me and those that are younger than me because they've lived different life experiences. I would say for myself, I came up growing up with the not completely separated from individuals with disabilities, but still not fully integrated. And so we kind of move out of the fully institutionalized, completely separate and hidden of maybe the older generations, but not still included, accepted and welcomed in my generation. And I would say that my children, especially because of the ministry that my husband and I do, they have grown up in um, a much more inclusive, accepting and welcoming um, atmosphere for people with disabilities. And so we've got all kinds of perceptions that are represented through the different generations. Now, of course, our personal experiences have a whole lot to do with that as well. But um, I had a conversation the other day with my uh, children's pastor at our church, and I said to her, you know, it is so important to raise up young people to believe in this ministry and to serve in this ministry because they will not have to fight the perceptions that some of us and our and the older generations have had to because they grew up in classrooms with students with disabilities included in them. They um, are a part of their regular daily life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sugarcoat our education system and say that everything that they do is perfect or the realities that are lived out by individuals with disabilities um, are easy but they are different than those of generations ago. And so um, they have less barriers to break down, less perceptions that need altered. And so we live in a different kind of world that gives better opportunity for individuals to be welcomed, accepted, and valued than the generations before. Now, some of those things are so ingrained in us that we don't even realize that they're there. And we have to be understanding and accepting, um, not accepting as if we leave them there, but we get, we, we just understand where they're built and they're fashioned in their understanding of people with disabilities. So for example, um, my mother-in-law, who is a super sweet, kind, wouldn't want to hurt anyone for anything, um, refers to adults with disabilities as kids. Um, we've had many conversations about that, and she's talked about why she believes that and how she does. And it really isn't meant to be a downplay. It is meant for her as in a caring role that she has served in um, as she's been a bus driver for uh, the county, driving individuals with disabilities to and from work and activities and field trips um, for over 30 years. And um She loves and accepts and welcomes the individuals that she has served. She's now since retired, but um, I would take offense to someone referring to my adult child with disabilities as a kid. 
Um, so we need to know the heart behind the people that we are encountering whenever we experience those things where it seems like you're just trying to stick them in boxes because what does that say? Um, individuals, adult individuals with disabilities, mainly speaking an intellectual disability, we put in that box that they are childlike and they are unintelligent and um, that's the box that they fit in, right? It's absolutely not the box that they fit in. It is not the intended piece to call them children when they're adults, but it has been the perception that has been carried for years. And on the flip side of that, you could look at individuals with physical disabilities only, and they tend to be placed in a category which Although they only have a physical disability, their intellectual mind is not impacted by disability at all. They tend to be lumped in with individuals with intellectual disabilities without even a conversation, without even an understanding of their disability. It's just um, you see a wheelchair, you see uh, any any kind of adaptive device, and you go, okay, there's an intellectual thing there. And you can tell that by the way people will talk differently to them or um, interact with them. The perception is already there. We've already stuck them in that box and we've already decided that that's who they are part of. But I will tell you, uh, I had the complete um, opposite interaction at my summer camp. Now, at our summer camp, we run the camp kind of like two camps within one camp. And that is um, specific to people with intellectual disabilities. And then we have another portion of the camp that is specific to individuals with uh, physical disabilities. And so what we notice and what I notice in all the other camps that we do across the U.S. is that the the camp uh, portion that runs to people with intellectual disabilities is much more well attended than that of the portion with people with physical disabilities. And I would say specifically that is because they're lumped together so often that they don't want to be considered one for the other. Um, especially the individuals with physical disabilities, they don't want to be assumed that they don't have the intellectual capacity um, of whatever it might be. And then they're placed in that box and they are assumed that they fit together and they don't. And um, I think really what this all boils down to is no person is the sum total parts of what we see, what we perceive, what we've experienced, what we've known from our past. Each person is uniquely designed by the creator. Each person is made in the image of Christ. Each person has been given purpose and gifts by the creator God. And so we can't come with our assumptions and our knowledge and our base and say, this is who I think you are. This is what I think is for you. These are the purposes for your life ahead of you. First of all, we're not God, so we can't make all those decisions. But also, 
um, the assumptions that we have lead to blocking the purpose that God has. And we know the scripture where in 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 our weakness, that's where God is strong. Um, we know that um, we've talked about it in previous episodes where um, the things that we deal with, the things that we work through, um, they are used for God's glory. And so we can sit and wonder and question about all these different ways and different parts, but it's not even what we see on the outside that gives way to our purpose and our gifting, right? It's a supernatural um, plan and a purpose that is in us from God. And so we have to be very careful to see from the outside and the perceptions of our past to to not stick those people in boxes. And so I'm going to share something with you from a book that I've been reading. And it is it just kind of blew my thought process out of the water. The book is called Disability, Living into the Diversity of Christ's Body. And it's by Brian Brock. And, um, you know, at, with every book that you come along, there are some things that you agree with, some things that you don't agree with. But this particular book starts um, talking about healing. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about how healing isn't our number one concern, that salvation should be our number one concern. And so it's talking about the perception of healing and how um, the understanding is, is that, you know, the, the misunderstanding is that Jesus heals everyone he meets. Okay, and that's not true. But what the author of this book says is that um, Jesus healed people who cried out to him. And so it goes on to share the story from Second Kings um, chapter 7. And this is where the hostile Armenian army was besieging Samaria, which was the capital of Israel. And the siege had been going on for so long that people were starving. They were just in really, really bad, a really bad place. And at that point, there were lepers who were standing outside of the city gates because we know that lepers were were considered ritually unclean and that they could not be inside the city gates. And so during the siege, the rep, the, the lepers remained outside the gates, but they were also starving. And not only were they rejected by the city, but they were threatened by the army that was the the enemy army that was coming. And so the book goes on to say that finally the four of them had had enough. Their living death has got to end is the words that he used. And so it went on to talk about, um, listen, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go in, we're going to die. So Either way, let's just do something because staying here isn't going to help us. And um, scripture says, if they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. And it said, but earlier in that night, God so frightened the Armenian army that they had fled without any of their tents or supplies. And the four lepers were the first to witness the bounty of the Lord's deliverance. First they feast, then they take a few things. Then they feast again. But before the sun rises, they realize what we're doing is not right. This is the day of good news that we are keeping it to ourselves. And that's from 2 Kings 7, 9. 
and they go back to the city they tell the gatekeepers this is what's going on this is where the food is and um then the four lepers the 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 ones who were excluded became the first to dine at the table left by God's redeeming hand. Thus do these, the excluded in Israel became the ones chosen to announce God's salvation. What a box opener that is, right? Here are the lepers, get outside of the city. You're richly unclean. You are not welcome inside of our city gates. Yet God's provision they were the first to receive it, and then they were able to go back to their people and say, their people, the people who did not accept them, the people who kept them outside of the city gates, away from them, they were able to go back and provide that sustenance and that protection and provision that God sent. But not only that, they were first. And we go back to the scripture, and the book includes it says the last have become first and living out what it means to be a part of God's people. And I loved that story. I loved that it so clearly put them in a place, a physical place that said, here you are, here you stay, you cannot be a part of. But that did not keep God from working in and through them. And so we have got to be careful when we place people in boxes and we say, here, you can't or can do this. You can't or can do that. No, that's not yours. That's not a gift of yours. Now, here's the deal. Just like anyone else that comes into ministry or as a part of the people that we serve in ministry, do we help them and guide them and direct them and the giftings that God has given them? Absolutely. We definitely do. But are we the final say based on our per, our perceptions and our growing up, our experiences, are we the ones who decide whether it is or isn't for them? No. That is the wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit that guides, that helps us, the discernment that we can have to help people to grow and to live and to gain and to serve God in the giftings that he has given them. Because listen, would anyone have ever thought of those lepers saving the day? No, they we, that just wouldn't have been a thing. But here they are and there they did. And they did it not because some person put them in a box and saved them. Or is it because they were? And they broke out of the box and the understanding and the acceptance that they did or didn't receive. So let's remember that. People don't belong in boxes. We as human beings do not define them, but God does. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in him, and serve him with the gifts that he has given them. Join us for episode five of Indispensable People, where we get to break down and break through some biblical background, some foundation, to see how these boxes can't be contained. We can't stick people in boxes because the Bible says so.
Thank you.